Welcome to the Call to Act podcast. This is episode number five. I have my first guest on the show today. We have... Finley. How old are you? Seven. Seven. And? Say your name. Hello. Say your name. My name... Landry. My name is CNC. Landry. And how old are you? I'm three. Three. So Finley and Landry are going to say some Bible verses today. All right, here we go. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. From the whole armor of God, that you may stand in against the laws of the devil. For we are not against flesh and blood, but against counties, against powers, against the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, from the whole armor of God, that you may stand in the evil day. Having a want to stand, therefore, having a want to know the truth, and having the best part of righteousness. And your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith he shall be able to quench all the fire of the wicked, take down salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Good job. All right, let's do John fourteen six. Okay, let me John, say. Hold on. Say John fourteen six. John fourteen six. Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Good job. Hold on, we're saying verses right now, bud. We're saying verses. All right. Let's do Proverbs 3, 5. Come here. Proverbs 3, 5. 5, 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto your own understandings. Good job. All right. You going you gonna to do it, Papa? Proverbs 3, 5? Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord and busy in his own understanding. And then understand me. Good job. All right. Now we're going to ask them some questions. All right. Um, we'll let Landry go first and then Finley, okay? All right, Landry, who made you? God. God, good. Finley, who, what else did God make? God made all things. God made all things. Why did God make you in all things, Bubba? In his glory. For his own glory. How can you glorify God, Finn? By loving him and doing what he commands. Good. Landry, why are you to glorify God? Can you give me tea? Hold on. Why are you to glorify God? Because he... me. Made me and takes care of me. Let's be serious. Let's be serious. Um, Finn, um, why, uh, no, is there more than one true God? No, there's only one true God. Good job. Landry, and how many persons does this one God exist? Three. Three, good. Name these, what are they? Who are they? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Good job. Come here, son. Where is God? Everywhere. God is everywhere. Finn, can you see God? No, but he can always see me. He can always see me. Good job. Does God know all things, Landry? He's only a God with me. Does God know all things? Hey, be serious. Nothing can be... Nothing can be hidden from God. Good. Finn, can God do all things? Yes, God can do all his holy, holy will. Good. Landry, hey, we're we're being serious. Listen, look. Where do you learn how to love and obey God? Say it loud where I can hear you. And the Bible alone. Finn, who wrote the Bible? Chosen men who were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Good job. Landry, who were our first parents? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. And lastly, Finn, what is God? God is a spirit that does not have a body like men. Good job. All right. Y'all have anything else you want to say? We love you guys. Goodbye.
Say bye. I love you guys. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. I love you. Mm -hmm. So that was my oldest two. Hopefully that blessed you today. We, you can kind of see that the three-year-old had a little bit of a tough time there. I think the uh, microphone in his face kind of threw him off a little bit. But the, that's the key is consistency when you talk about parenting. That's something we do those verses and those questions with them each and every night, pray with them before they go to sleep. That's very important for a parent to do is to just establish right off the bat, this is what we're going to do every day. And even if they're having a hard time with it or struggling, um, you know, you're going to have a hard time, especially the younger the child. But we need to start at an early age, go ahead and, and putting that in their head that this is what we're going to do. So um, today um, I'm going to start a series about the um, the biblical man. And I think the first place that we need to start is with our children. Um, and I'm just going to give some stats, give a couple verses of, of what it means to be a biblical man. So we're going to be in Genesis to start out. Genesis chapter 18, verses um, 18 and 19. If you look in verse 19, it says, and this is God speaking, says, For I have chosen him, him being Abraham, but that's, it's also speaking for us men today. It says, For I have chosen him, that he may command his children and household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice, so that the Lord may bring Abraham what he has promised him. So if we look at that, if we kind of break down that verse a little bit, for I have chosen man that he may. So this is our job. What has he chosen us to do? He's chosen us to command our children in our household in righteousness and justice. Righteousness being our walk with God. So we need to establish that right away with our children that we need to have a walk with God and that we are putting that as a, a priority in their lives from day one. It says, uh, from righteousness and justice. So, like I said, righteousness being our walk with God, and justice is how we treat others. You know, we wonder today why there's so much racial tension, and why the, there's so much chaos in this world today, is because we do not have enough fathers that are doing their job that God has called us to do as a father and as a man to raise our kid in justice. We're not teaching them how to treat other people. You don't come out of the womb a racist. You don't come out of the womb hating others. We're all sinful. And we all fall short. We know that. But you're taught that at the house, right? So we need to make sure that we are doing the best job that we can to raise our kids in justice, as it says here in verse 19, that being how we treat other people. And I think um, it's obvious in today's age that there are so many men falling short of this. And, you know, this is something that I've really tried to put as a priority in my life because I want my kids to know the truth. I want them, if they think of their dad, to think he did the best job that he could to teach me about Jesus, to teach me the right path, because that's, that, that is our job as a father. And we're going to look at several verses here. There, there's too many guys nowadays that are putting that job off on their wives, on uh, the school system, on social media, or they're just saying, I don't have enough time to do that. We have, you have enough time to do what you want to do. If, if you're, if it's something that's important to you, you're going to prioritize accordingly, right? So I thank God for all the, the godly Christian mothers out there that are picking up the slack that the man is putting on them. It is our job as a man. It says right there in verse 19, I have chosen him that he may command his children, right? So in that, that is a call to man specifically, that we are to be the ones that are, as the spiritual leader, teaching our kids and raising them 
the right way as God has intended for us to do. Like I said, there's too many men falling short. If you look in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 16, it says, He saw that there was no man, and he wondered that there was no one to intercede. So we see right there that God is, is looking for a man. Sometimes God can't do the things that he wants us to do because he can't find a man out there, right? So I'm going to read a couple stats that just broke my heart. Um, and I found these all on uh, Statista, I think is what it's called, Statista.com, something like that, Statista. Um, this was in 2020. There was uh, 15 million children living with a single mother. So where is the dad? That's my big 15 million children. So what does that affect if we don't see dad in the house? Well, as of 2019, the second leading cause of death among teenagers ages 15 to 19 was suicide. Behind the only thing that was ahead was unintentional injuries. So what does that tell us right there? We're seeing a rise in depression. We're seeing just an insane number of teenagers ages 15 to 19 self-harming themselves. Right. And I'm not putting this all on the dad. I'm sure some of these situations, the dad was in the home and it's just there's there's a depression on this world that is unlike any other time. So I'm not putting it all on the dad, but I'm saying if the dad is in the home doing his job, raising his kid the right way, loving them, teaching them the things of God, showing them the love that Christ gives us. That's our job as a man to mirror God. So if we are doing our job, loving God that that manifests through our children the way that we mirror god they'll see that and they'll follow us all right so i'm gonna read a couple more stats here um some states from 2007 to 2018 the suicide death rate increased 110 percent um so obviously we see suicide rates are going up at just an insane clip also depression has gone up in 2006 the percentage of teens who experienced at least one major episode was a little under 8%. That was in 2006. We see it was a little under 8%. In 2018, it's almost doubled to about 14.4%. And about 40% of those children ages 12 to 17 receive treatment for these episodes. Almost 4,000 adolescents receive treatment in a mental health facility, which that just shows the further that we have gotten from God Um, and, and just the more pain that comes from getting further and further from God. Um, that That's just something that really spoke to me and that shows you that there are not enough men doing our job. Depression is up, anxiety is up, suicide rates are up. And I wanna, I wanna look here, let's see, in verse Ezekiel, uh, in, in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 22, verse 30, God says, and I sought for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the breach, or some versions say the gap, before me for the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. God is looking for a man. That is our job to do as he has called us, raising our kids the right way to love him. And there's not enough of us doing that. Time and time again, we see verses in the Bible where he says, and I sought after a man. I'm looking for a man. Now, this series that I want to do about biblical manhood I'm not trying to take anything away from the woman. I'm not trying to take anything away from the wife, the mother. I'm not at all. We all have our role. Men and women, I think, and, and I don't think, it's a fact, men and women are equal. They're, we are equal, but we have different roles established from the beginning of time. And that is one thing that is trying to be perverted in today's day and age 
We're trying to push the father off. We're trying to re- push th- this Marxist agenda where you get the father out of the home, make him look like he's a complete idiot, like he doesn't know what he's doing. We need to push him out of the way. He's a, All he's doing is oppressing the wife and the child, right? The, the woman doesn't need to be at home raising her kids, helping alongside with the husband to teach them the right way. No, the, the, the stay-at-home wife is being oppressed by the husband. She needs to go out and work. Then we need to get the kids in these, these government-ran Marxist schools where we can teach them this agenda where we change future generations, right? We change the world by changing the future generation to come, right? So that is, that is further an example of how important it is for a father to raise their child up the right way so we're not sending them out there into a world of chaos and confusion with no answers. We have the answers, right? We have the Bible. We know what we need to do. It's time to step up as a man. It's the man's job as the spiritual leader to raise up the child. So this means that the man sets the standard that God has put in place. We're to mirror God because we are made in his image. So as a man, we need to make God number one priority in our lives, in our houses, to show our kids by example, this is how we need to live. There's no other way but his way. If you look at Psalms uh, 1611, it says, you make known to me the paths of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your hand are, are pleasures forevermore. So this is our job as a man to be the spiritual leader, to raise our kids the right way. This is what God has given for us to do. And I'm gonna, I want to read a couple more um, passages about that. If you look in Ephesians 6, verses 4, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the, in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So what does that mean? It, it says right there, it doesn't say fathers and mothers. And like I said, again, I'm not trying to demean the mother. I'm not trying to um, uh, make their job seem like it's not as important. But this is something that that is just inherent from the beginning of time. God has put it in each person to seek after him, to seek after the approval of um, the, the father. He put that, he's put a, a hole in each of our hearts. You hear that said so many times that um, I just had a hole in my heart. I needed to, to have filled, to have filled, right? So God has put that in each of our hearts to seek after him. So if we are to seek after God, how are we supposed to do that if we don't have a man in our life who is mirroring God to show us this is how we have that hole filled in our heart? It's through God. That's the only way. So the man's job is to mirror God and and what will become of that? It'll show our child this is the way that we need to go. Okay, so um, let's let's look at another uh, scripture here speaking to this. Um, if I can find my place, um, Joshua twenty four fourteen. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve Him in um, sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Uh, evil in your eyes to serve the Lord. Choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We have to draw a line in the sand and say, this is what we're doing. We're not serving the things of this world. We're not going to go seek after the things that this world says is important. No, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
flip on over to Psalms 103, uh, 13 through 19. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it and is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenants and remember to do his commandments. The Lord has established his throne in the heaven, and his kingdom rules forever. How are our kids going to know this stuff unless we teach them? The only way is if we teach them. We need to set, I'm, I'm going to say it time and time again, we need to set the example as the Father. This is what we're going to do. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So one thing about that, um, you might you might be sitting there today and you say, um, I, I don't think I can do it. You know, I grew up without a father in the home. There was no men around to model for us um, how to be a Christian father or even to know what it looks like. Well, let's go over to um, Acts. Let's go to Acts chapter 3. In Acts chapter 3, we find, um, and there's a, there's a song about this. Kids that grew up in VBS, maybe went to Sunday school. Um, this is Peter and John. Acts chapter 3. Peter and John were going up to the temple. In the ninth hour, uh, and there was a man lame from birth was being carried. So he was lame from birth. Lame meaning he couldn't walk. From the day he was born, this man could not walk. They would lay him daily at the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms for those entering the temple. So he sat there day after day asking for money from people that were going to the temple to worship. So he's saying, you know, these are good people. I have a better chance um, getting money from these people that are going in there to to worship God, to pray. Maybe somebody will give me some money. Right. So uh, verse number three, it says, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. and Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, look at us. One thing that I see a lot, especially with teenagers today, you're not going to get any of them to make eye contact with you. Even when you're speaking to them, they're looking down, they're looking over, you know, they're not going to make eye contact with you. This is what this man was doing. Peter says, look at us. So the man looked up, he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. So he's saying, you know, if, if these guys are saying, look at us, they probably have something good for me. You know, maybe they're going to give me some, you know, they're going to give me some silver and gold. They're going to hook me up. Verse six, but Peter said, I have no silver, I have no gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. So Peter, he took him by the hand and raised him up and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. Why did I read that? What does that have to do with parenthood? This man was lame from birth. So likewise, you might say, I was not taught the things of God growing up. I did not have a strong man around the house to teach me the way that God wants us to to, um, to grow and to love him and to serve him. This man couldn't walk from day one, but you see what happens right here. Um, if you look, uh, let's see, what verse was it? Verse, um, verse six, but Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. This man couldn't walk from day one. He didn't know how to walk, even if he was was given the ability, right? So he was raised up through the power of Jesus Christ, and immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. So to say that God can't do the same thing with you is demeaning the power of God. It's, it's belittling it. 
So you see right here, immediately, his feet and ankles were made strong. You as a man, could that immediacy could happen to you as well. Get into the Word, find some strong Christian men, maybe at your church or, or whatever. Just pray to God. He is there to, to help you, to listen to you. He answers whenever we call to him. You see that throughout um, Psalms. David crying over and over again for the Lord to help him, to keep him from his enemies, and so on, right? So we see uh, in verse 8, And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. So God could do that immediately. If he could do that immediately in the Bible, he could do that to you today. He could immediately put that inside of you, the Holy Spirit, which is what we need to um, teach our children the right way. He can do that immediately. Who's to say he can't? God can do anything. So just pray. Get into the word. Um, get into maybe a good men's Bible study. The thing that I've really tried to do, especially over the last couple of years, is get a good, strong group of Christian men around me, older guys than me, that have been through the things that I could possibly go to in the future. We're, we all have the same adversary, right? We're all battling the sins of this world, we're all battling the flesh, we're all battling Satan. So we need like-mindedness. Um, and, and Proverbs says, iron sharpens iron, right? So we need to make sure as a man that you have good, godly Christian men around you that can help you because they have been there before. Further uh, example of, of the father needs to be the one to um, raise the child in the way that God has, has um, asked us to. If you look in Proverbs 4, um, one, it says, hear, O sons, a father's instructions, and be attentive. So that means pay attention. Listen to what he's saying, that you may gain insight, for I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, her being wisdom. She will keep you. Love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. So we need to make sure, fathers, that we are raising our kids the right way. It is, it is pivotal that we are raising our kids the right way. That is what God has called us to do. And I've said it on, on past episodes. And I'll say it again because it is something that, that bears repeating. We are going to have to give an account for all that he has given us. So we need to make sure that we are stewarding the blessings that he has given us on this earth to the betterment of God's kingdom. Because if not, we're going to have to answer for that. And I think that's something as human beings with that sin nature, we're not focusing on that. And that is a tool that the devil uses on us often. We're not focusing on that. We're focusing more on the things of this world. I got to pay my bills. You know, I got this going on. I got that going on. We need to focus on the eternity more than we do what's going on right now. Because as we see, life is a vapor. My son, just uh, he, he'll be four years old this year. My daughter will be eight. And then the, the, the youngest son, he'll be two. And me and my wife were talking about it the other day. It's like, how in the world did we get here? How did they grow up so fast? And, and you don't. At the blink of an eye, they're already, you know, seven turning eight, three turning four. Life goes by so quick. So we need to make sure that we are focusing on the eternal and not the things of this world that will pass away because it goes by so quickly. And eternity is forever, right? 
So um, if you look over in Isaiah 38, 19, the living, the living, he thanks you as I do this day. The father makes known to the children your faithfulness. Time and time again, and I, I just gave a couple examples there. Time and time again throughout scripture, it talks about the father raising the child, raising him in righteousness and justice. Why is that? Well, it goes back to the beginning of Genesis, where we see who God created first. It was Adam. God expected Adam to tell Eve about the tree. Who does God look to first? When he called out in the garden, who did he say? He didn't say, where are you guys? He said, Adam, where are you? He didn't say, Adam and Eve, where are you? And I'll say it again, because I I do not want to um, downplay the role of the woman. I'm not trying to do that at all. I'm talking about a specific godly, um, biblical account of what God is doing and what God means when he says these type things in the scripture. So he says, Adam, where are you? Why? He made man first. He made man to, to be the spiritual leader. So at the end of the day, God is looking at the man and saying, hey, why is this going on? When he called to Adam, that's what he said. How did you, who told you that you were naked, right? God is looking to the man and saying, hey, why are you not leading my flock as I have given you to do, your, fa- your family? So like I said, men and women are equal, but we have different roles. That is the role of the man, to be the spiritual leader. When we are, like I said before, when we are mirroring God, our wife sees what we're doing and say, hey, he's going somewhere. He's being a leader. He's trying to do something for God. I am going to assist him in whatever way that I can, right? And we are going to do this together. The man is not to dominate the woman. I'm not trying to say that at all, but I'm saying we all have our our specific purpose. And as a man, we need to be a leader and show our family the right way, um, which is to live God's will. Okay, so um, we look here. Um, I got one more for you um, back in Genesis. So we see um, back in Genesis 18, at the end of that verse, it says, um, like I said, raise our children in righteousness and truth uh, to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and truth so that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has promised him. So this comes with a promise. We look in the verse right before that, verse 18. Let's see, what's this, this is going to tell us where that promise is. Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. A great and mighty nation. So, what does that mean? We're not only affecting our children's lives when we're doing this stuff, we are affecting future generations. When you teach your kids the truth, raise them up the right way, what are they going to do whenever they have kids? They are going to try to do the same things that we did in terms of showing them the the proper way to bring a child up, and that is to love and to serve God. Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. This talks about future generations, right? All the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him because he did his job that he was chosen to do. God made him for this purpose, command his children and his household, right? Um, One thing uh, I wanted to say about this also is, um, I, I just encourage each of you out there, um, there is a great book by John Eldridge um, called Wild at Heart. 
and it, it highlights the importance of a father um, in a child's life. We are all looking for acceptance. We all want to feel loved. If you aren't getting it from your dad, you're going to try to find it elsewhere. That's how kids get into trouble, how they get into these bad influences, getting into to gangs, getting into fights, getting into drugs. So you might be saying, well, this is putting putting a lot on us as a man. I don't know if I could do This is a lot. Well, yeah, it is a lot. But that's why we see in 1 Peter 3 verse 7, the man is the stronger vessel. He should be able to hold more weight. Make sure that we have a strong foundation. If the man has a strong foundation built on Christ, as it should be, the family will follow his lead because that is how God intended it to be. Christ said, behold, I am the one who has laid as a foundation in Zion, a stone, a tested stone, precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. That's Isaiah 28, 16, a sure foundation. Men out there, you need to build your foundation on this tested and sure rock, on this tested and sure foundation. So when the storms come, which we know they will come, this world, this world, we, we live in a fallen world. Storms will come. So we need to make sure that we have a foundation built on this tested and precious cornerstone of Christ. We need to make sure that we are being as as the wise man in Matthew 7.24, where he built his, his foundation on the rock, not on the sand. What happened when the storm came? It stood. The man that built his house on the rock, it stood. It, it stood the test of time. It stood the storm. It stood firm. That's how we need to be as a man. What happened to the to the fool who, who built his house on the sand, right? When the rains came, it was destroyed. If you are not building your foundation on Christ, your house will fall. He said in Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That is the only way to keep your house standing, okay? there There is a great example of this, um, and, and it talks about foundation in, in one of... Um, uh, Tony Evans' sermons, I was listening to it not that long ago, and he talks about when he was a kid, he was given a, a punching bag. I can't remember if it was for a Christmas present or birthday or whatever. His father gave him a little punching bag, and it was one of those type that had the the little weight at the bottom, right? almost like a weeble wobble type thing. So whenever you hit it, it goes down, right? But then it bounces right back up. The storms of this life, the devil... Satan, all the evil of this world, it's going to knock us down. Sometimes it might take us longer to, to bounce back up, but we are going to get knocked down. But when you have that strong foundation, just like Tony Evans was talking about with the weight on the bottom of that punching bag that he had, if we have our foundation built on the rock, we are going to pop back up because the Lord will give us the strength that we need to get back up time and time again if we seek after him. No matter how hard the storms in this life are, the Lord, that foundation built on him, will have us pop back up time and time again. Okay. Um, so like I was saying about um, um, the book by John Eldridge, I really encourage you guys to read that. Um, one thing that I think fathers don't really think about today is the impact that we have on our children in terms of... Um, of daughters 
showing the example of the type of man that they need to look for when it's time for them to get married. How are they going to know what type of man to go after if we are not treating our wives the way that a woman needs to be treated? Right? The daughter is looking at us as the man and saying, this is, this, I guess this is who I need to seek after when it's time for me to get married. Someone like that, oftentimes, a lot of times you'll hear the woman say about her husband, he reminds me of my dad, right? Because that is who they're looking for to model after, okay, this is what I need to go after. It's a big responsibility as a father that there are too many of us not taking, uh, not taking it seriously. How is your son going, going to know how to, how to treat his wife one day, how to treat a woman if we are not modeling that for him with his mother? We have got to do a better job as men to do this. When, when I was younger, I had a friend that um, we played on the same baseball team. We went to the same church. And I, I believe I was probably eight or nine years old, but this is something that stuck with me. And when my son gets a little bit older to where he's able to do this, I'm, I'm going to have him do it. His father, I remember we went to a baseball game and I rode with him. Whenever we got out, I was sitting in the middle. It was, it was, my friend was sitting on my left side. I was in the middle. His sister was sitting beside me. So I was sitting in the middle. Whenever we got to where we were going, he jumped out of the car and ran around to the other side. And I was thinking, what in the world is he doing? I remember it like it was yesterday. He opens his sister's door. And I thought, what in the world? Because I had never seen, you know, we never did that in my family. Um, I was raised in a Christian home, but, you know, we, we were never taught that. So after I got out, I said, I asked him, I said, in trouble or something? Is that like a punishment? You had to, he said, what are you talking about? He was confused as to why I was even asking him because this is something that his father put in his mind to do from day one. What does that do? That teaches them to respect women, to, to be a gentleman, to get out just to open his sister's door. And he would do it every single time they got out of the car. When it was time for them to get into the car, his dad got the door for his mother and, and he got the door for his sister. That is absolutely something I'm going to have my son do when he when he is old enough and strong enough to open the door right now. I don't think he can handle it. But that is one thing I try to make a point that I do um, whenever I'm with my wife that she never has to touch a door because that is the job as a man. We are to take care of our wives. When we do things like that, our son is seeing that. He's saying, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do because this is what dad's doing, right? If we are mirroring God, doing the things that God has told us to do, they are going to pick up on that. And that is just going to become something in their heart that says, well, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is the right way. Dad knows what to do. A leader, one of the things that characterizes a, a leader is one that seeks after the truth. One that is asking questions. One that is trying to find out the answers to those questions. Why? Because people are looking to him as the leader to give them the answers that they need. If you're a leader, you're going somewhere. You know where you're going. You're no, you know what the goal is. We have got to step up, become a leader, seek after these answers, seek after Christ so we can lead our family as God intended us to do the path of righteousness. We have got to make sure that we have that foundation built on the rock. So that's all I have for today. Like I said, I'm going to make this a series. Um, this first one, I just kind of wanted to touch on the importance of the, of the father in the house in terms of the spiritual leader. I think for the next two, I want to do um, maybe discipline for the children, how we discipline them, how me and my wife discipline our kids, 
And then I want to look at it in terms of being a good, godly Christian husband, which is something that I strive to do. Um, You know, we're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. Only God is perfect. But we have got to do our job, as God said, um, as Jesus said when he was here on earth, be perfect as I am perfect. He knows that we are never going to be perfect because we have that sin nature. But that's the goal. We are to strive for perfection. If you look back in Genesis 18, it says right there, um, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation. That's that's verse number 18. There's nothing wrong with trying to be great. So that's what God is saying right here, a great and mighty nation. There's nothing wrong with trying to be great. We should strive for greatness in our lives. The problem lies in when we think that we are greater than God. God has no problem with greatness as long as it aligns um, under his... Um, authority right that's what lucifer did he thought he could be greater than god no one is greater than god but god does not have a problem with greatness he wants us to seek after greatness he says be perfect as i am perfect he is is fine with with greatness like i said as long as it is under his authority so i hope this um, little talk helped you today and blessed you and realized how important that it is for a father to make sure that we are training our kids the right way as God has intended. And um, hopefully, if you like this, you'll share it with, with friends. I think this is a, um, a message right now that, that men need in this world because there is a lack of men in this world that are stepping up and doing their job. So, so if you like this, if you're encouraged by it, I hope that you share it and um, tell your friends about it. Maybe they like to listen to podcasts. Um, until next time, God bless.